darkness has fallen. Candles burn down in light. Someone brought tomatoes as an offering. And here we are. Spunky and well, last night of Young Men Junction. sit comfortably. Oh. Let's see, um, a few lines from the Song of Meditation to uh, reflect upon this evening. Meditation is knowing yourself. Knowing yourself is setting yourself free from delusions. Setting yourself free from delusions is becoming one with what is. Becoming one with what is is enjoying formless life every day. Whatever turns up. Enjoying formless life is seeing yourself everywhere in happiness and sorrow. Every line in this song of meditation is pretty good. But these ones, meditation is knowing yourself. could say Young Minjongjin is getting to know yourself too. Yeah. What you have a kind of grasping for, what you have a little aversion of, and uh, what you don't see clearly. Those are the three poisons, eh? You see in yourself a little bit of um, greed. That's grasping. I want this. 
and then a little aversion. Don't want this. And a little bit of blindness. Not seeing things clearly. And then sometimes seeing them. Oh my gosh, I wasn't seeing that clearly. So those are the three poisons. And if you look at the wheel of life and death, which has a lot of the teachings in it, it's like a big circle. At the very center are those three poisons, which keep the wheel turning. So we have this opportunity, especially during Yunmen Junction, to see those three poisons in ourselves. And let's look at them more as body kinds of things, pushing away, pulling toward us, not seeing things, rather than just cooking up stories about them. So we notice how we do these things. I've told you many stories about some of the... I've been to so many young men junctions. <laughs> so there are lots of stories about them. And um, I'm not sure if it was the first one, but it was a 10-day one. And I can tell you, I was counting the days and I thought, oh, God, it's in six days done, okay, only four more days to go, and then seven, and then eight. And so I was counting the, I thought it was the last uh, day, last night, like this, and what I would be doing tomorrow, because I lived out of town. I lived about an hour and a half away from town in a little... Um, Rackety apartment above the hardware store in a little town by by the name of Beaverton in Ontario. So I was thinking, I would be going home. <laughs> yeah. So as the evening started like this, and I said, well, you know, go and get your sleeping bags, you know, because we're not going to go be going to bed tonight. We're going to be practicing all night, and it's a little chilly. He always kept it a little chilly, so you can get your sleeping bag. I said, oh, no. This is going to be the worst thing in my mind, you know? So we all, I came slowly, you know, in aversion, 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 um, got our sleeping bags and came back to our places. And I remember mine, it was green on the outside and yellow on the inside. I remember that sleeping bag very well. It went through a lot of young men's junctions. So I opened it up, opened the zipper up so I could wrap it around myself and lasted the whole night. But it was, it was so hard. I didn't fall asleep. Probably one of the things I've, since I'd had so many days already, my meditation was in pretty good shape. And because Sunim had run us around the block in the snow and we'd run in bare feet in the snow and done so many things, 
that I had really thought my only lifeline was my meditation practice. Ultimately, we find that it is our great refuge. So at that point, okay, I was pretty good. This was just another one of those things, like running around the block and you wonder when you're ever going to stop. You know, I just want to go in the door. I want to go in the door. And we always pass the door. <laughs> always pass the door until finally I stopped wanting to get in the door. And then he would take us in. So it was good for me to stop because I figured that was his signal. He knew my resistance. Yeah. Anyway, so I was really happy when at 4 o'clock, Sunam did the wake up. We used to get up at 4 o'clock in those days. And um, because this was the last day, and I knew we were going to be finishing at 10. So we went through our morning prostrations, all the things just like we do, and um, had breakfast. And I thought, oh, I'm pretty soon we're finishing. And then what do you know that? We do a little work after, after breakfast, and he plays the Moktok time for more meditation. I said, no, 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 no. And so we're 10 o'clock, we're back in the little sambong <laughs> meditating again. I said, oh, no, maybe I got the days wrong or something. We've got a whole other day. Aversion, aversion, aversion. <laughs> And a kind of blindness, I don't know what's going on. And so, sure enough, we have the whole uh, morning of practice, and I gradually just kind of, I must have made a mistake. It just is, was not the last day, and so this must be the last day. So I started to think, okay, well. <laughs> so we, got, we had lunch. You know, after the morning practice, we had lunch. And um, then he ended. Then he ended it. You know? I was just so happy to just get out of there because it was really the very uh, challenging 10 days, especially since I hadn't even taken the meditation course yet. You know, so I didn't really know what was going on. You know? <laughs> So, of course, uh, we'd had these sparse meals, and so the first thing we did was go, and they, you know, grasping towards the donut shop and coffee. Yeah, in Canada, they were the kind of um, that hockey player. Tim, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons started everywhere. Coffee <laughs> shops and donut shops. What was his name? Tim, Tim Horton. Horton. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Hortons. So we went to Tim Hortons and we had, I ate six chocolate long johns. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, because, and, you know, I, it was just one after another. It was just, it was kind of a reaction to um, the whole thing in a certain <laughs> sense. That's just really. And then we got in this old truck that we had and we went back to Beaverton. And uh, by the time we finally got back and we uh, went to bed and uh, couldn't sleep, just couldn't sleep. And um, so finally, 
I forget what his name was then. We had so many names over the years. Maybe Madhava was his name, Madhava, my kid's father and my old husband. Um, he said, well, let's go for a walk. Since we were both there, you know, and I figured six donuts and coffee will do that for you. You know, you don't <laughs> sleep very well. <laughs> or maybe it was all the meditation. But anyway, we just, <laughs> we, so we got up. And it was really, really cold time of year. And so it was below zero. And Beaverton is just like a little quaint little town with old brick buildings. And it had a river running through it with a bridge over it. And um, so we went out walking. And it was maybe 2 or 3 in the morning. Because we really tried to sleep, because we hadn't had much sleep during Young and Jung. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always do extra practice, you know, stay up till midnight. <laughs> so um, we were out walking. And it was so cold, and there was snow. And you know how when it's really cold in the snow, that the snow squeaks when you walk in it? Yeah, you had that experience? I don't know if you've had it. Not so much in Michigan. Yeah, she spent her time in warmer climates. Mm -hmm. So as we were walking, uh, it was kind of romantic in a certain sense, but I could hear the snow squeaking. And with every squeak of the snow came Namu, which was my practice. Remember I told you about it the other day? Namu, Namu, everywhere. No more. It was there. My practice is different now, but with all of my steps, it's always there now. <laughs> and just because I've been kind of working with it, then it was just because I'd been forced into my practice walking in the snow with no shoes on quite a lot. And so it, it just seemed to come. And I realized that, and there was a kind of really liking that, I realized that the practice is always there. It's just that we're not always in touch with it. Mm-hmm. It's always within us going on. Namu, what is it? Hana, whatever your practice is, it's always there. It's a case of keeping in touch with it. And Sunim was throwing all these different things at us, and I was pushing away a lot. Uh, in an attempt to, for me to learn that it is always there. And it stayed there for about three months for me because I just was with it so much during the retreat and it lasted. And then it wasn't there so much anymore. And it wasn't there. And then it's come back and forth over the years and it's back pretty much, I can't say 100% of the time, but a lot of the time now because I walk all everywhere. I mean, and when I walk, my practice, I find my practice is right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to tell you that little story, that your practice is always right there. It's just you just have to keep doing things that will help you to remember to get back to it all the time. Yeah. So... And part of it is remembering when the three poisons come up with you, 
No, I don't want that. Yes, I want that. This is ridiculous, you know, I'm not seeing clearly what's going on. When you notice that, just help yourself to just come back not to this and not to grasping and not to blindness, just being right in the moment with Hana. Namo. What is that? Know this, know this, no blindness. And when you're walking, being walking. When you're climbing, just being climbing. When you're driving, just being driving. So it's all about learning to be fully present in the moment. And this is the little training ground in this young injunction. And then your whole life, of course, is your training ground. And there's an evening gata, which is often set in the monastery. And if you get a chance to go to Korea, which I hope as everybody will do that, they have these calligraphy signs everywhere. They're, we can't always read them because they're not always in English. But there's always these inspirational things. Under this very footstep, every moment counts. Things like that everywhere. So there's this one. Evening Gata. Let me respectfully remind you, life and death are of supreme importance. Time swiftly passes by and opportunity is lost. Each of you should strive to awaken. Awaken. Take heed. Do not squander your life. Precious, precious, just here and now. So, once again, it is not that you cannot do it. It is that you do not do it. And also you have much more energy than you think. And because of what you've done the last three days, your concentration is growing. Your meditation is deepening. I'm not asking you to get your sleeping bag and bring it over here for the night. But I am asking you to do your best with the time that you are here. Maybe one time I will do that. <laughs> <laughs>